0: Truly. I think the funny thing though, I'm like, you'd think by this point I'd be like a master at like Zoom, but no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So, I guess like, I, you know, like I've been keeping tabs on it and everything, and like I've been kind of following it as you've been posting, and like Dylan, all your Facebook posts and stuff, but, um, I guess Dylan and Emily, both of your Facebook posts, but, um, I guess in your own words, What was the fundraiser? Like, what is the fundraiser? And then why did you feel driven to produce the fundraiser, I guess, or organize it?
1: Sure. Um, So the actual fundraiser itself was just going to be me, Emily, and some of our friends who were in our JLF cohort. The idea was that that cohort resulted, like, our time spent there mm-hmm. uh, was stipend, so we were getting our checks in the mail, and I said in our WhatsApp, I I asked Rabbi Megan if, because I didn't know where it was in the mail yet, I asked if there was any way I could donate my stipend, because I felt that that money was needed elsewhere, Mm -hmm. and she encouraged me and Emily and our friend Jared to, um, organize a, organize a student run, um,
2: what's the word? Uh, uh, um, uh, (laughs) uh, like, (laughs) just, um, okay, for context first. (laughs) So, JLF, is called the Jewish Learning Fellowship. And it's, it's, um, uh, uh, one of the things that you get, you have the opportunity to apply to do at, um, Metro Chicago Hillel, which is, um, the Jewish student organization for college students across Chicago. Um, so what's great about the classes is that, uh, you have people from tons of different schools and you get to meet a lot of people that you never would have met any other way. And in the class, each one has a different topic. So like the first one that I did was called Life's Big Questions. And then this one that we did was Sex, Love, and Relationships. And in each class, you explore that specific topics from a Jewish lens, looking at texts, looking at contemporary Jewish sources and comparing it and exploring your own feelings surrounding it. A big part of being Jewish is debate and that's kind of what JLF is all about. Um, so when you... After the class, you can get up, like, between, like, 150 and $300 worth of stipend. Um, it's, like, a 10-week-long class. Uh, and Rabbi Megan, I, I thought Dylan's idea was absolutely amazing. And so I was, like, oh, absolutely, I want to be a part of this. Like, let me help. I Let me do as much, what I can. And Rabbi Megan was basically, like, it's going to mean more if it comes from you guys. It's going to feel more real if it comes from you guys. Like, it's going to be – it's also, like – it's not like uh staff can really ask you not to give your money type of thing mm-hmm. um so it it was a Facebook post, it became three Facebook posts it became like this network of like trying to reach out to different people and different cohorts, and then it was just like, okay well why why does it have to be just us like why can't it just be why can't it just be everyone
1: yeah, yeah as a joke uh <laughs> I feel like everything I do starts off as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but um as a joke I posted this on uh, Instagram story saying, "What can I do on live to make you donate?" And then from there I started I got a response, someone jokingly said juggling and I was like, "Oh, I I can't. I can't juggle. But my mom can." <laughs> and I, <laughs> From there, it was, like, I, before the,
0: I don't want to say the world ended, uh,
1: before, um, coronavirus canceled all live events, what I did was produce a lot of comedy shows, especially, like, small-scale, like, DePaul-centric performers, like, that's what I, that was my thing, and so, one, on a personal level, it it was so exciting to get to do that again because it's what it's what I'm good at. So I I know how to do that on a short time limit, and um, two on a, you know, on a philanthropy level, um. I felt like I I have been donating for Black Lives Matter. I have been uh, signing petition after petition and having difficult conversations but what I realized I needed was to put all of the education that I was doing on my own time into real-life practice. And for me, that means, that means producing and that means making art. And I had a teacher, and this is <laughs> kind of funny, um, I had a teacher who my class class, we were arguing about trying to get out of our seven page uh, final paper on um, dramatic theorists. We just did not want to do it. (laughs) It Just like read the room. But um, and she said, if you're an artist right now, you will do something. And in that context, it meant you will do this paper. (laughs) But I heard that and I was like, oh, what will actually help put put everything into real life practice and benefit myself as someone who's trying to be anti-racist moving forward is actually producing art and doing what I would have, what, what I would regularly be doing had we not, had we be, had we not been
2: uh, required to stay at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also, I think for me, a lot of it comes specifically from the Jewish part. <laughs> like, I think, um, like Dylan, I felt so. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's really really hard. You know, I've, I've I've gone to protests, but like I'm working with my sister to design stickers to sell for for people, and like I, it's hard when you are at home with your parents who are over fifty. So, um, <laughs> it's it's hard both. Because it's difficult because you want to talk about it way more than kind of you're permitted to and like you want to have a place to funnel that energy. And also like going out and in, in doing physical actions like protesting feels like um... sorry, hold on. Oh, can you are you did I just okay,
0: <laughs> what up? <laughs>
2: My microphone was still was still like plugged in and that you were just hearing me like from far away from over there okay never mind i can
0: hear you pretty well like i don't know (laughs)
2: okay sorry i just got distracted um but like okay like dylan was saying coronavirus like what can you do in your own house that makes you feel like you're contributing and um the jewish part of that is is big in my head of like they're, everything about being Jewish tells you that you have to support justice. You have to pursue it with everything you have. Everything about Judaism says that you you absolutely cannot watch as other people die. Like you can't. You have to do something. You cannot like do not stand idly by. Like everything about Judaism says that like you. Everything about Judaism, the way that I grew up and in, in my education specifically, not the same for everyone. But we'll stop there. But like. So much of my life I have spent learning from people that I really respected about how, like, repairing the world, which is, like, the concept of tikkun olam, is my job. Like, my job, Jew's job, everyone's job is to, like, repair the world and actively try and make it better. And um, I think Dylan's joke that turned into a real thing was, like, the most amazing It was an amazing idea because it gave everyone the opportunity to practice Chikun Alam from their bedrooms. It's just such a cool idea. Yeah. I'm, like, so, and I'm, like, selfishly, like, excited to be a part of it because it also gives me, like, it gives me something to look forward to, like, for for writing, like, for the next, because we've been talking about keeping it up, like, going to keep doing it. Like, every week. Right, Dylan? Is this something that we shouldn't be talking about? Is this, like, a secret? <laughs> not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've been working with um, Jordan Coast. Uh, and, and something that has also been really nice is the way that we've all, in the one day, like, the one meeting that we've had about it, like, talking about our goals and checking ourselves. And we're doing the work together like, doing the the work of anti-racism, like, becoming anti-racist together as well as alone, which makes you feel less isolated. And that feels really good as well. yeah all, like, me talking about me. I'm saying, like, I'm saying all these things. I'm like, oh, this thing that we're doing with other people? Yeah. that's just how it makes me feel. Makes <laughs> me feel like an asshole. But...
0: No, I think that's a, that's a really cool point that you raise, is, like, like, just kind of, like, you're doing, we're kind of forced to be a little, like, we're forced to be separate. Like, we can't, like, obviously, like, when I'm having this conversation over Zoom, you know, geography notwithstanding, instead of, like, <laughs> sitting down, like, uh, at, like, a coffee shop or, like, a park or DePaul or whatever. Um, and so, like, that aspect, I think, is something I've really been thinking about a lot. Like, even personally, just over the past few weeks is, like, how has advocacy changed because... We're forced to kind of like funnel that online, I guess, like obviously there are things you can do in person, but like i like I guess do you guys have any thoughts about like how like protesting has kind of become a digital activity as well, more so than I think ever in the past like oh my god so I
2: think that it's I think it's Like, if we were not in the coronavirus, so many people have said this, so many people that are much smarter than me have said this, but if we were not all forced to be alone, we would not be paying as close of attention, and things wouldn't feel as accessible. That's, like, it has changed, but it's obviously, like, we want people to show up in person. Like, that's the goal of life generally, like, to be around each other. But if it has changed for the better because people feel like it's their job. Like, they feel like they have literally nothing else to do. So of course they're on social media every day. And then they just see it and they look, they read and they they intake and they learn and they think and then they post it and they share and it's it's I think it's it's something we used to shame a lot like was digital digital advocacy. We used to like say oh this is like all bullshit but I think it's incredibly important.
1: Yeah, I think our given circumstances have created this perfect storm of, you know, really having to confront the racial discrepancies in our country. Mm-hmm. And what's sad is the sentiment of, you know, now we have the time when, of course, these, this, the presence of systemic racism has been here the entire time. Mm-hmm. We've just been so focused on um, kind of sprinting with our heads down that we either, I mean, I'm speaking as a white woman, so I really can only speak to my confronting of this in recent history, personally, but I think now that we're all at home and, you know, I'm out of both of my jobs, it's like I am no longer having to uphold these these systems that are in place that uh, disproportionately affect uh, by POC and people of color uh, and so now it's like okay I'm being confronted with all of this
2: um, what can I do?
1: yeah
2: I think also like the I so many people in my life um, that are older, uh really question the legitimacy of videos from the protests and videos from the physical stuff that's happening, but the, the thing that's so fascinating about our like this specific moment is that we will we see it for what it is and not for what other people want us to see it as. oh hello
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's I love doing interviews at home and then just <laughs> like I'm like. <laughs> Oh hey Mom like but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um but we have we have the distinct we have the distinct privilege of social media to be able to see things for what they are and not necessarily for what uh, would benefit another person for us to see, like not not because the news and everything and. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Twitter is a more reliable source than any other source on in the world right now is just
1: mm-hmm.
2: insane, but it, because of the videos and because of of the things, as gruesome and as disgusting as they are about, their, like, as awful as it is that we have to watch them to believe that it's happening, I'm not talking about, like, the videos of, of literal black death, like, which I think is, is it, it is really frustrating to me and something I've had to talk to with, talk about with younger people in, in my life um, about why sharing that is not a good idea and why sharing that is actually incredibly disrespectful and, like, kind of harmful. Um, not kind of, very harmful. But uh, the privilege of, like, videos is that we we are able to... I just... I'm, I feel like I'm just repeating myself. I'm, like, going in a circle. Dylan, you sound so eloquent. And my brain is like... <laughs> no, I promise you're, you're doing great, (laughs) yeah, oh my god, um, I don't even remember what I was saying, to be honest, uh, something about videos, something about internet, Twitter, oh, um, something that I, it's a, I don't even know, but, um, (laughs) It's like, if the, if we didn't have the videos, we wouldn't know what's happening. We wouldn't believe people when they tell us. And that angers people. It mobilizes people. It makes them feel that they don't have a choice. Something else that other people in my life that are, like, our age struggle with is they feel shamed. They feel shamed when they don't post, or they feel shamed when they don't share. So, obviously, like, shame works, unfortunately. Like, like making people feel, like, making people feel guilty for not acting makes them act. and And that is an unfortunate but effective byproduct of this whole thing yeah thought complete I <laughs> think that was
0: very well put <laughs> um yeah no i think I think that was very well put and like even so like a couple weeks ago I went to five protests across three days in the suburbs which was wow. a lot <laughs> um and it, it was really cool just to be able to talk to a lot of the attendees and like just something that you raised that another woman raised um a lot of people that I interviewed were families. I feel like my screen is freezing and stuff um but a lot of people I interviewed were families and like they brought their children and like conversations they had to have with their kids and things like that um one uh, one point that they raised was like like telling their some of the conversations were with like little kids like like five to like seven like really like that's I feel like that's a really challenging time to have really heavy conversations that deal with like big picture things that like they maybe just don't understand um, but if, if they've never experienced it, which is really unfortunate. Um, but yeah someone raised the point that like a movement of this size could have only happened now. like they were like like the fact that so many people are you know they don't have a job right now, so many people are at home, so many students are at home, like, um, you know, like, we have social media as kind of this, like, mobilizing force of, like, you see it, it's right there, are you gonna ignore it? Like, are you gonna, like, you know, show up and stuff, and then, um, I don't know, it it was just, like, just this, like, confluence of everything, and then, like, having this super long period just to, like, reflect and, like, be at home and, like, all that stuff, like, I don't know. It was, it was really interesting just having these conversations. Cause I think for a while I was like, there is no, like, I feel like there, there could be no perceived upside to COVID. Like I was like, I think that like, mm. like the fact that there's so much bad that has come out of this, like, I'm like, I, you know, I found it really hard to like kind of find any morsel of like an upside. And then like, when someone pointed out to me, they were like, but without it, like, we wouldn't have this like reflection period. I wouldn't have like really thought things over. And I was like, sweet, like, good on you, like, I think that that's, that's, like, I'm, like, sitting here in existential dread, but I'm, like, yeah, like, I think, I think it's really powerful, it was really cool. Um,
2: It's a, it's a, an inex, an inexcusable
1: call to action, and the way in which you deal with it is a a mark
2: of your character. Mm.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no.
2: I think it's also... It exposes everyone in your life. Like, it's it's really like pulling people out of the woodwork, and um, it's Literally. a great way to tell who uh, the people that you should care about are, and who maybe don't deserve as much of your attention. And, um, or maybe deserve more of your attention, if they're willing and able to learn but just come from a weird, don't have a necessary, necessarily like a full and deep understanding to the extent that I can have as, like, a white person, like, then, uh, then maybe they deserve more of it. I don't know. My aunt struggling with it. Uh, um, what was I going to say else? Oh, Dylan and I were also talking about how, I, w- I felt very similar to you, Cam, of, like, I have been sad, sad, sad. <laughs> I've been so, like, existentially panicked and dread. Like, Dylan knows in our letters I am just so sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> For, for months, for months and months and months. And I, I hate being alone. That's like my, I hate it. And so I, I'm about to leave California on, like, tomorrow to go back to Chicago to an empty apartment and, like, feel all the things. But it's like, it's completely different now. Because now, like, they're... I have events, I have places I can volunteer, I know what my, I know what my aim is, I know where I'm going, like, I know where my energy is supposed to go, and I know that in that energy, I will both give and also take what I need from other people, like, take the surroundings and take the, like, social interaction that I need, and, and still try and do it in a very, very, very safe way, but, like, it feels good, selfishly, it selfishly feels really, really good to have a purpose and have something that you're going for.
0: And that's something that Dylan and I talked about as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think having that kind of, like, without it, like, you just kind of feel, like, a little, like, listless, and you're just kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, like, what I'm doing, and you're just like, like, I know personally for me, I feel like when I don't, like, I I dread not being helpful or, like, not having, like, some sort of, like, external ability to, like, help people. Like, I'm like, I... I gotta do something, (laughs) like, um, but I, I think that when I don't have that, like, when everything was kind of going on lockdown, and I was just, like, I don't know what to do, like, I can't talk to any, like, I can't, like, everyone's stressed out, and, like, oh my god, like, I just remember feeling, like, so, like, it's one thing to be a very, like, emotional person in that you're, like, filled with emotion, like, I think emotional kind of gets a bad connotation, but, like, and that you're filled with emotion, but then, like, you gotta have something to kind of, like, pull you through, like, this, like, like yeah. sea of emotion, and then, like, like use that, kind of, to to motivate yourself, and so I think, I think for me that's definitely been journalism, but I, like, it's definitely, it, it is, like, kind of cool, and, like, cool in, like, a Not, like, a, whoa, awesome, but, like, cool and, like, a, like, a like uplifting kind of cool to see how my friends are doing that and how they're kind of mobilizing their, um, I don't know, like, just kind of channeling their energy. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, I guess another question I had because, like, obviously both of you are students, both of you are college students, um, even though the two of you are very wise beyond your years, um, I, like... I guess, do you have any advice for how students can become better allies and advocates for like, again, like not just their community, but like other communities as well?
2: I think.
1: I think the first part in addressing any type of advice is to also know that. I am not perfect and the road to allyship will come with mistakes and I will mess up and a part of why people are probably avoiding these conversations and avoiding engaging in activism and why people don't want to post so much is because of the fear of messing up. Mm -hmm. Or the fear of, of saying something that your your aunt might comment on your Facebook, page. <laughs> or like the idea. No one wants to disrupt a a, a calm living. Mm-hmm. But I think my advice would be not disrupting, not causing a rift, or not taking those steps. Is not only just is not only to the detriment of the Black Lives Matter movement, but if some if if someone out there is reading this and they're <laughs> engaged, it's also a detriment to yourself. You're doing yourself you're not doing yourself any favors by avoiding systemic racism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and you're not doing yourself any favors by being afraid. I think it's a normal it's a normal part of uh, confronting your privilege to feel embarrassed, to feel shame, to feel frustrated that you you didn't start five years ago or mm-hmm. before that. But the way to the way to start is by taking a first step today. And maybe that's signing more petitions than you did yesterday. Maybe that's making a donation. And if you start now, like I I started probably, I didn't start as actively as I am until this perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So I think because I got my bearings and I had my period where I was like, wow, how how disappointed I am in myself that I have not started this journey sooner. But you have to work through that, period. And then when you come out of the other side and you're recouped and you take care of yourself along the way, mm-hmm. then and only then can you engage in anti-racism in a way that is unique and beneficial to who you are as a person, but also can create a space for for people who are experiencing systemic racism, can create space for them now and
2: moving forward. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I think something else that... I would like to add to that is like, uh, do not be selective with your empathy. If, if someone tells you that they are in pain, you should believe them. Um, and, and just, just believe them. Just listen. Um, and, and if you do not feel bad, why don't you feel bad? Like, why, what, what is it about what this person is saying or who this person is that you don't believe them or that you, you are choosing to ignore it? Like, interrogate yourself. I think so much of what's happening, it it, on the topic of shame and on the topic of like digital advocacy, it feels like the people who post the most are the people who are the most at like active, the people who are the most anti-racist. But like, but it's all it's like that one picture that went viral, the glacier that's like it's like twenty percent this and eighty percent under the water, like that you can't see. It's it's so much of that. It's it's like you there is a a way to become an ally that isn't necessarily visible. You can work to create that world for yourself and in your life for other people. And you don't have to talk about it. Like if that is truly something that you're concerned about, if you live in like on the topic, interrogate why you're afraid to post, like Dylan was saying, like interrogate why, like why you are okay with things staying the way that they are in your life. And then at the same time, like, but but if you live with someone who's like volatile, or if you if you really can't risk a certain relationship or a certain some like uh, with your employers, for example, things like that, like just diversify the voices that you listen to. I listen to so many podcasts. Like I am a I'm a podcast ass loving bitch. I love <laughs> podcasts, and so just listen to people smarter than you and believe them and and trust them and like. You are not as smart as you think you are, truly. I think that's the first step to becoming an ally is, like, you don't have the answers. You don't. Like, so just listen to other people. Seriously.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: and I think uh to tie it back to Judaism,
2: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it reminds, what's happening right now reminds me, I've been thinking a lot about Oh, gosh. I never remem- remember his name, but there's a poem that came out of World War II, and it's like, first they came for the socialists. Oh, my and- God. Yeah. And I stood idle by because I'm not a socialist. And Ooh. then they came, for me- and, with- and I stood idle by because I am not a Jew.
2: And then they came for me, and no one was there. Um, Martin Niemoller. <laughs> you just Google like First They Came" poem.
0: Yeah, I I know which one you're talking about. It's a it's a really good poem. It it is. I think it's it's really powerful. Um.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Dylan, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I was just saying it really speaks to
1: where we are right now, and if not mm-hmm. for other people,
2: yeah, not be here. Yeah. I mean Jews Jews are like we have our own history that anti-semitism is not the same as racism like it is very very different and like in it, it is just as complex in the way that it works within systems but it, it is it is not as it's just different it's very very different and I, but I think that it informs, at least for Dylan and I, like the the history of Jews and the history of, of the Jewish people informs our present and informs informs our future and our understanding of the past. And, our, and I know for me, like the understanding of my family's inherited trauma and like my family's history in Germany and going back for generations like that informs my view of other people and my view, my the way that I interact with other people, the way that I care about other people and. Um yeah, I think uh yeah. if you're lucky enough not to have any inherited trauma from systemic uh <laughs> systemic oppression like um I think that you should read about it probably. <laughs> like read about it, watch movies, do what you can to learn about what it's like to not be you. <laughs> is that you know what I mean? Is that like a is that a weird thing to say? <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's like a perfectly like like, I don't know, just, like, learning about what it's like to not be you, I think it's just, the best way to, like, (laughs) summarize that. I feel like that also could be, like, the title of, like, a children's young, like, adult book of, like, teaching anti-racism is just, like, learn about what it's like to not be you, like, (laughs) (laughs)
2: um,
0: (laughs) uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that that, um, it's, yeah, like, we have to do that, and, like, it's, interesting for me because I'm, like, like, I'm half white and half not white, so, so on the, like, um, on, like, my Mexican side, like, with my dad's family and things like that, like, and like my family, like, but, um, it's interesting because I'm, like, like, yes, you've inherited, like, kind of institutional trauma and oppression. Like, I'm, like, there are things... On this side, that I'm like, stuff that people in my family have had to go through is insane. Like, it's absurd. Like, it's, and it, it's just, like, heartbreaking, I think. But also, on the other hand, I'm like, you need to confront your biases, and you need to confront, um, the fact that people of color can be racist as well. <laughs> like, um, and I think that that's something that, um, Especially within the Latinx community, um, there is a huge, huge amount of, like, very just, like, pervasive, like, insidious, like, racism against, um, you know, Afro-Latinos and black people, and it's really just not, like, it's unacceptable, like, but it's been happening for so long that people are just like, oh, well, it's just, like, cultural, and I'm like, well, that's fucked up, like... (laughs) But yeah. um I would
2: say in any community.
0: Absolutely. In every
2: community. And I, I posted this graphic to Facebook that my mom thought was, like, a, the most illuminating thing she's ever seen that was, like, talking about c- how to confront your own personal bias, and it was like, I am not responsible for my first thought, but I am yeah. responsible for my second thought and my first action. And I thought that that was, like, brilliant because that was, like, it, it, it that's so smart. It, it's such a perfect way of describing it. And my mom, like, she came to my room, she was like, I
0: get it. I understand. She was like, "Oh my god!" And it was, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I maybe I saw it on your Facebook page, t- 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 <laughs> but I was—I literally mentioned that to my mom yesterday. I was like, mm-hmm. "There was this like really, like really interesting thing," and like, "Oh my god, it's like so like," it was just like so eye opening. Like I don't know, just it—it it was put so well. It was like that's yeah excellent. Um. But yeah, I guess circling back to the fundraiser, um, what was the reach for that? Because I know that you said that it was through kind of like this, um, through Metro Chicago Hillel. So it was like through like a, a bunch of different like people as well. Like do you, was it... I don't know, did you find that it was like a lot of people across Chicago? Like I know it was Chicago Jews for Black Lives Matter, but like um did you have a wider reach, like things like that? Um do you plan on keeping as it just far, to Chicago?
1: As far as like the live stream event itself or the fundraiser as a whole?
0: I guess the fundraiser and then the live stream because I literally love how like I guess like like you said like how it started kind of as a joke and then became something like way more than that like and the the variety show <laughs> yeah. seemed to play into that pretty well
1: yeah so as far as reach I would say that we had like over a hundred people donate and those people consisted of Jews from Hillel Um, they consisted of non-Jews from Chicago Mm -hmm. and, um, family, extended family, friends from high school who I have not spoken to Mm -hmm. in years, uh, and then I also reached out to the group that I went on birthright with in January, and, um, friends from Colorado donated, and I'm trying to think of anyone who's way far out. Um, it's hard to say, because uh, I my instinct is to say a lot of people from Chicago, but realistically, now we're all over the country. So I think I think I'm definitely leaving out the reach <laughs> I wish I had a better knowledge of exactly where everything came from, but I know in the live stream itself, what I'm really proud of putting together with the help of Jordan coast, who I cannot uh, emphasize enough. I called them (laughs) like eight hours before the live stream. And I was like, Hey, are you doing anything today? And they were like, no. And I was like, can you help me produce a show? <laughs> because uh, between the two of us, we're the people on disc who kind of produce everything. So <laughs> they were like, sure.
2: <laughs> they ac- actually said, uh, 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 you're psychotic, yes. <laughs> Which doesn't have to be funny, But <laughs> um, uh, the first, I mean, the first thing was just, like the Chicago area Jews Hillel Facebook group, which is like a couple hundred people or something like that, like a hundred people. And then it sort it just it went from that to just being our our social media. So it was whoever we could touch in our in our overlapping web of human beings, like that that was the web. That was the whole reach. And I think um we, we had a lot of people who were sharing like for us and felt like we're rooting, rooting it on, rooting it on, rooting,
1: rooting <laughs> for us,
2: rooting for us, yes. Yeah. Um, and so it, power of social media, baby, like that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to
1: quantify what our reach was because, one, I, in 48 hours, have never like paid less attention to anything except one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also. Like, my phone was constantly, like, getting notifications and getting tagged and things. And I just felt like it rippled out so quickly. And it was was really, really moving to see just how um, ready everyone was to participate, whether they're Jewish or not. I think a lot of people there's a lot of fatigue happening in uh, civic engagement and i think i think a lot, i think it's fair to say that you know the nature of this live stream was pretty lighthearted and the idea behind that was we didn't want to put together anything that could be traumatic for the people who are most directly affected by current events we wanted it to be a safe space and we wanted it to be um, we wanted it to be um, not interdisciplinary, what is the word? Uh, intersectional. It, yes. Intersectional, <laughs> thank you. We wanted it to, because we also don't want it to be like just one group of people and because that's also like not doing the work that I, w- I hope to see in the future on a grander scale,
2: so, I kind of got off track there, I apologize, <laughs> yeah, I was, well, I think I was, I I think you make a really good point there, where it's like, we, people were so, people are also, they miss comedy so much, they miss having events, they miss, like, I know, I am, I may not be the person on stage, but I am the designated laugher in every audience, <laughs> I have, like, I... <laughs> That that is my job. I am I am the laugher at the comedy show. Like that's my job, and I love watching my friends, and I love like, I love being there. And I I just I was also missing that. Like when Dylan said that she wanted to do this, like it was such a joy, and I'm so excited because it was like, oh finally I can sit here and like just have this sense of like love for the for the people in my life, and like I'm just so in awe of Dylan and so in awe of these people for being able to do it. And it's, that was something that I was missing. I think that's something a lot of other people are missing as well. So it's, again, a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Especially there's a huge call to action among the entertainment industry as a whole and Chicago comedy. So to create a space where people by POC, people of color, women, Jews, mm-hmm. multi-generational multi-generations like my mom was in the was in the live stream like we i really and to have it be comedy that is safe and yeah. and easily accessible through instagram live and also like just have space in the comment section to talk about your favorite childhood tv show like <laughs> that's My life's mission is to foster space for people. And the fact that I could do that while also directly educating myself in what it means to produce anti-racism, what it means to practice that, and also benefit organizations that are helping Black Lives Matter directly, I, I can't think of a greater thing to be a part of right now.
0: Ditto. Yeah, I, sorry, I was, like, writing stuff down, I feel like the biggest thing that I miss in, like, I guess, like, having, like, a video interview is, like, nice, because then you can see, like, yes, I am nodding, I am engaged, like, I know, especially over the phone, it's been, like, I'll take a pause to write something, and then they'll be, like, hello, and I'm, like, I'm here, (laughs) like, I'm, like, I promise, um, throws you off too, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm very adaptable. So. <laughs> no, it, it has been a, an adjustment. It's been interesting. But um, no, I think that that's great that, you know, it's kind of like this convergence of like, faith and comedy and the internet and all of these things that kind of just like worked to like, and like advocacy and like, all of it just kind of like whoop, like, came to a head with, like, this fundraiser, I guess. Like, it, it just yeah. it seems really cool. Um, it, it is really cool. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Being happy is a radical act and Dylan is doing an amazing job of trying to foster that for other people. It's like, I'm just so, to even be connected to this whole thing, to even be sitting here, I just feel, I'm, I'm so happy and I feel so privileged to be here. So, yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um, I, <do> not. <laughs> I guess like a a question I always like to end with is like, is there anything that oh, there was like a really big bug on my window? I'm so sorry, Ew. it is huge you
1: the question <laughs> oh my God,
0: that's the question is there's a really big bug on my window <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I always like to ask like is there anything about this that you think we didn't touch on, things that you think are important for people to know, um, or that, like, I forgot about, things like that?
2: Um, well, I think that we're learning as we go, and because of that, we are very open to criticism. Like, if someone has a problem with what we're doing, or someone has an issue, like, we are, we are more than happy to talk about it and discuss and like we are by no means pillars and like in, in this whole thing and by no means is this like an, a something that has been established and can never change like we are we are like Dylan was talking about like learning and growing and it's painful and weird and awkward and like we're probably gonna make mistakes and it's we're going to figure it out. I think it's also like we're we're trying really we're trying to be very active about the way that we're thinking about it as to white people who grew up in in suburbs like as as much as we can be and I think part of that is also making sure that we we're open to growth and that's something that I I want people to know. And yeah,
1: I second that completely. And uh or anything I feel we've left out. Just that, um, it's, we're gonna keep going. And, uh, our next, we're just gonna try to do it every Wednesday night at 8 Central. So, if anyone is looking for a safe space and a space that, 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 Hopefully brings joy that it won't be far from them. Mm
2: -hmm. Come with your wallets open (laughs) and, uh, your belly laughing, baby.
1: (laughs) Also, I left out that, uh, in the group, the intersectionality, we also, I also brought on, uh, you know, non-traditional actors. So, that's just one more thing in that list of (laughs) people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess I, personally, like, I guess I forgot, like, what was the, like, the live stream like? Like, what, what kind of stuff did you do? Like, what, (laughs) what hijinks did you get up to? Like, and, I I guess, what was that experience like for you guys? So fun.
1: (laughs) Um, we (laughs) um, we had I reached out to a lot of playwriting students at TTS and I told them to actually I'm going to read this message because I think (laughs) you will enjoy the way I phrased this um I wrote to the seniors at TTS the senior playwriting playwriting majors I said uh I'm going live to raise money for Jews for Black Lives Matter tonight was wondering if any of y'all had any burning desire to write uh, grotesquely cringy one to two minute monologues, straight dungeon fire nonsense, (laughs) second only to One Direction fan fiction type of stuff? Let me know.
0: (laughs) That's excellent. Did people take you up on your offer?
1: Yes. Uh, So they all sent in stuff. And then Jordan was wonderful and organized and reached out to actors from TTS as well as non-actors, people from DISC uh, to come on. They would join me on the live stream and do a cold reading of these monologues. (laughs) And then I had mini segments in between where I read Amy. Amy wrote a review of the dinner I made tonight, that night. And I opened a piece of mail I got. And um, what else happened? Uh, my mom came on and she juggled. And she also said bay, which was a request from one of the donors. Um, and getting
2: enchanted by Taylor Swift. Getting enchanted by Taylor Swift. us uh, yeah. Um, reenacted a scene from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah,
0: we did the Mimi,
1: the Mimi. I'm first. <laughs> like.
2: Famous scene from All Stars.
1: <laughs> we, at the point, I just wanted it to be stupid and fun, and it was, it was an hour of pure
2: joy. Yeah, it was great.
0: That's sweet. <laughs> I'm sad that I wasn't able to watch it. I feel like I, of course, like, I follow both of you on Instagram, and so, like, I, seeing all of your posts, and I was just like, oh my god, and then Wednesday night we had, like, clusterfuck of, like, I had, like, an editor's meeting, and then, like, (laughs) like, I had a class project I was working on, and it was just, like, everything was going on at the same time, and I was just, like, but if you're doing it every Wednesday at eight, then I will be there for the next one, for sure.
2: Yes, you will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that's it for me. I, uh, I really appreciate you love taking the time out of your day to speak with me, especially considering all the technical issues and fun stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I will... I guess, like, if I have any follow-up questions, I'll, like, reach out. Um, is the live stream the, the first one, is it recorded at all? Like, is it through, like, IGTV? I so
1: wish <laughs> I, like, goofed up at the end when I finished live streaming, and I didn't save it to, and I tried to save it to IGT, but <coughs> the app wasn't,
0: like, I had to, like, it, it just, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just ephemeral. It was there, and it was an experience, and now it's, it's, it's just, like, a live show. Like, I think that's cool, yeah. though. Look at, look at that. It's a live comedy. It only happens once, and then it's a unique experience. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, no. Do you guys have any questions for me? Uh
1: do you have I'm just very excited to I've never been uh interviewed for it like <laughs> the DePaulia or Fourteen East or anything. Even though like I do a lot of journalism for DePaul. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited. Do you have do you know like your timeline for this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> So this, um, this will be published in the Monday newsletter, so that goes out, I think it goes out at, like, like, we planned for it to go out at 8, but it always sends at, like, 8.07 or something, it's, like, very strange. Um, but yeah, so that, it's a newsletter, will go out at 8.07 or 8 o'clock or whenever, and then, um, it also, like, it'll get sent to your email, but because it's through Substack, um, you also can, like, go back and, like, look at the archives of the newsletter, so, like, you can look at all of them. It just presents, like, articles and stuff. Um, But I can send you guys a link if you want to, like, look at our previous ones or, like, like, comment, and subscribe, like, stuff like that. Um, But, yeah.
2: Yeah, I have a question. Um, This is actually, I think, really important to the piece. Uh, But how did your application for grad school go? Because I'm applying to the same
0: program. (laughs) Uh, My application for grad school uh, went well because I'm starting in the fall, so... Um,
2: yeah, I am I mean, I'm applying to the same program. I'm going to do a, a Master's of Journalism as well. Hell yeah. Okay. But it's, yeah.
0: So, I was confused when I applied because I was like, I don't understand what they're looking for in terms of a writing sample. Me neither. Okay. So, I submitted clips that I had written because I was like, like, it was like, the requirements for the the Master's program and then the combined program are different like they're not the same on the website and so it's like strange um and so the combined program is like because not everyone like comes from the journalism undergrad and so it's like I guess for both programs but um I it says like a like a work example like a like a written example of your work or like a an essay kind of situation and so after like frantically texting, like, a lot of people who I vaguely remembered applying to the program, like, they were like, oh, I submitted clips, and so I just did that. I took, like, two pieces that were, like, probably close to, like, maybe, like, 1500-ish, 2000 words, and then um, put them in a word, like, a copy and pasted them in a word doc with, like, the links and, like, images or whatever, but I think that for, like, they're, they're, like, actually, like, weirdly approachable. I feel like if you... I emailed the the grad, like, program email account, like, a lot of times. Karen is the advisor, and she, um, like, I kind of emailed her at, like, 1 in the morning, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I could still apply for the program. I don't know if I qualify, because, like, I had accidentally become a senior this quarter. I had, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had, like, four credits and more. Yeah, so it's, like but you can still apply it's totally fine. Um I would talk to Karen, she's really helpful. Um but yeah, so that I did letters of recommendation which it goes through a portal. So like after you submit all yeah, your Yeah, I've
2: already I've already um gotten recommenders and I've already done all that shit. So
0: Yeah, then I, don't I just know. haven't,
2: I haven't, I don't know what to submit, and then I haven't written my statement of purpose, but now, like, with everything that's happening, it feels like a statement of purpose is, like, easy fucking shit, like, yeah. feel like <laughs> great, okay, I'm little, like, finished, but now I have to figure out which of my bullshitted essays, well, I guess I have stuff that I can submit but uh, that's so funny you know what i mean like which one of yeah. the essays that i wrote an hour before it was due like, I should submit. Yeah, which is the most polished of my pieces of trash dude
0: I the one exactly. for bradley hoot come on oh no shut the fuck up never that one never um never 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 but yeah no i think that the writing sample it was it was weird because i feel like they didn't give a lot of clarity for like what they place a lot of weight on, like, oh, whether they yeah. care more about the statement of purpose and, like, your recommenders or, like, the writing example, and so I was, like, but I think that, um, like, it, it, as long as you, like, submit something that I think, like, you're really proud of that you worked on, I think that's always kind of, like, what I go for whenever I submit anything, I'm, like, okay, what is that thing that I'm, like, hell yeah, like, this is still, like, on my mind after I write it, stuff like that, like, then you're good. And then I guess in terms of length, like, my clips... Because the way it's, like, formatted is, like, it's online, but then when I put it in Word, it ended up being, like, six pages total? But I don't really know what they're looking for in terms of length. I like okay. like think it's, it's more, like, quality over, like, quantity there.
2: Have you? Here's my other question. Mhm. Have you gotten your scholarship package
0: yet? I have not gotten my scholarship package yet, and I am very, uh, that is a very good question that I need to send them. uh,
2: That's on my mind. Yes. Okay. Um, this is all, we all don't have to talk about this on Zoom. I'm technically (laughs) at work right now, so I should probably go. Um,
0: Um, I think that the grad scholarship package might not come until after you graduate undergrad, because technically you're still, your your three grad classes are covered by undergrad tuition, and then, and maybe they like calculate it. Then I'm really not sure. That is a very good question. And I'm gonna ask Karen because that is very relevant, um, especially considering that I'm starting it in the fall. So, but I think yeah. that it wouldn't kick in anyway until you were like fully out of undergrad and like fully in grad. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs>
1: Oh, did I add one more thing? Yeah. I just thought of something. Um, so, this is going back to um, my advice to people who are looking to be allies Yeah. And how you have that period of like, kind of working through uh, the shame and all of that. Do that either in private or with other white people. Do not put that on anyone else. Don't put your Don't. That's it. Period. (laughs) Yeah. That's a. Yep. It's. It's not. It is not the responsibility of BIPOC or people of color to talk to you about your whiteness and how that feels. And if you are a person of color, it it, is then. It's the same thing. It is not the responsibility of BIPOC to educate you on current events as well as history.
2: There are books. <laughs> Read them.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, I think that's a that is a really important point. Um, I'm glad that you brought it up.
1: Yeah, and if no. they want resources, uh, I, me, Jordan, and Misa, who are all on disc, are still actively upkeeping our our uh, list of resources on DePaul improv and sketch comedy.
0: Was that the, the like, here we do kind of, like, post Oh, sheet? no,
1: that was just me being
0: a troll. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, that expertly is, designed.
1: I, I can send you that. It's in the disc. The disc inscri- Instagram, it's that link. And then on DePaul Improv Sketch Comedy, the Facebook page, we have linked it as well. But if people need a starting point we're we're still upkeeping that document. But otherwise, please do not do not put any more emotional labor labor on the BI POC folks in your life. They they are they are experiencing their own trauma.
0: No, absolutely. Um yeah, if you want to send me the link, we have a um I don't know, just the way that the newsletter is laid out. Pretty much the human interest always comes, like, before, like, our resources section at the end, and so I think that would be a really good, like, segue to be like, look at this list of resources if you are, you know, taking that first step or taking many steps, like, um, I don't know, another step. I'm trying to think of, like, people who are just...
2: Taking the next step.
0: Yes. People who are acknowledging what's going on and the people who are continuing to acknowledge, I guess but confront
1: self-educate act that's those are that's 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 the process yeah (laughs) repeat
0: (laughs) only do it once (laughs) no yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. but yeah no um yeah i'll reach out if i have any follow-up questions or things like that um i'm hoping to have the piece done by like sunday night um but it might be done Monday morning because I have a final due Sunday night. So we'll see. <laughs> Sick. Um, You've got But yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Lovely to see both of your faces. And it was great to have a conversation with the both of you. And I hope Good you're well.
2: You you <laughs> okay. I'm going okay. to finish editing these white ladies talking about how to play with their kids during a pandemic. Is that okay? <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you,
1: y'all.